Oh, my lovely, lovely, lovely Tudor reviewers, listeners, lovers, supporters out there, man. We got some news today, man. We got some news, and the news kind of just threw my whole, you know, schedule as far as the podcasting goes. It, It threw my whole schedule for a loop because I told myself there's no way, even if it's just for 15, 20 minutes or so, there's no way I can't discuss this. There's no way I can discuss this because the news just kind of, it caught me off guard. A part of me wants to say I'm not surprised, but another part of me is like, we're doing this again? Like, we're really we're really doing this again. This is one of the ballsiest things that Hollywood or TV, whatever the case may be, big screen or small screen, has ever tried to pull off. And it's never worked. It's never fucking worked, people, but... Before we jump into that, let's 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 start off somewhere, all right? Because I I'm, I'm trying to let, let me get my thoughts together. Let's start off somewhere, people. How I want to know how everybody feels about biopics. Like when I like when I say that, I know y'all can't answer me like you know actually answer me, but I want y'all to take a moment and think about what biopics hold weight to y'all. Think about and I'm not talking about like you know like um. You know, like not Orson Welles or anything like that. Not, I think Gary Oldman played him once upon a time in a biopic. But I'm talking about like musical biopics. Think about your favorite singer. You know, your favorite jazz singer, your favorite rock and roll artist, your favorite hip hop artist, your favorite R and B artist, fucking opera singer, whatever the case may be, man. Think of your 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 biopics that hold weight, and think of the ones that you know you had your heart set on that people fucked up. Now, for me personally, I know the biopics that that hold weight for me. Uh. To name a few, I, I'm a big fan of The Doors, uh, the movie where Val Kilmer played Jim Morrison. I think that is an underrated biopic. It doesn't get talked about enough. I used to actually, I love that movie so much that I used to watch it a shit ton when I was a kid. And it's crazy because I haven't had a chance to revisit it. I do have uh, plans to do commentary for that. But I love The Doors, man. I think Val Kilmer captured Jim Morrison. Um, the only person to capture Jim Morrison like that was the fucking dude that was in Wayne's World 2 who was just doing it kind of like a spoof. He almost looked like Johnny Depp or Skeet Ulrich or some shit. But I, I love The Doors. Um, I love What's Love Got to Do With It. That was one of the first biopics I was introduced to. And that movie's so good that you forget that, you know, Angela Bassett. I mean, you don't forget, but you kind of forget that Angela Bassett is playing Tina Turner because it's just... It's that great of a movie. It's that heavy of a story. I, I, I love that film. The Temptations, my favorite biopic of all time. Um, I was a young boy when I saw The Temptations biopic. Uh, you know, this was back in the day. Bootleg VHSs. That bootleg VHS was, that movie so fucking long, the bootleg VHS was two tapes worth of, worth of movie. And it's, it's worth every single second. If nobody has seen The Temptations biopic, it is worth every second, every minute that something is happening on that screen man selena was another one i used to watch a shit ton when i was a kid i think jennifer lopez nailed it i do like christian serratos as selena in that series you know that limited series that was on netflix i just don't like the series as as a whole i don't like the casting i don't like the acting of the the other cast members but i do think christian serratos like she played a really good selena not only is she fine as hell but i, I don't know if she like was like doing squats and working on her glutes or they just gave her you know ass padding in her pants but look like she got a little thick for that role but that's neither here nor there we are not about to drool over christian serratos or jennifer lopez playing selena that was actually back when j-lo's that thing was all right we're not gonna go there we're not gonna go there um straight out of compton is another biopic that holds a lot of weight to me uh straight out compton i did not you know i did not come up in that era that they were in obviously but 
Um, the older I got, you know, I knew who Ice Cube and Easy E and you know uh, all all of those guys were. And I think that biopic F. Gary Gray did a fantastic job. I think the casting was pretty spot on for the most part, and um, it, it took you through the motions. Ray is another one. I think we watched that back in school when it when it when it came out i'm not sure i don't even remember when the fuck that movie came out did, did i watch it in school I, I don't fucking remember people i really truly don't but um ray was a good one jamie fox uh literally became ray i don't know if he won an oscar for that but he should have get on up was another good one i don't watch it nearly as much as i do uh or as much as i should rather but that was a i was really impressed i thought it was going to throw me off because they did do a little bit of prosthetic makeup on chadwick boseman's face um to make him look more like james brown as the movie went along but you know rest in peace to the late great chadwick boseman he was um he was definitely you know just to you know uh get sidetracked from talking about that biopic for a second um chadwick boseman is one of those guys where you know you didn't get a lot of actors like him every day you know he he i feel like i we we appreciate and respect chadwick boseman's work and i feel like he didn't even reach his peak yet but this motherfucker was doing biopics every other year or so jackie robinson thurgood marshall uh you know james brown he was do he was doing stuff like that man i think it was amazing what he did in that in that movie get on up so you know if i can take myself off of this cloud right here you know and just let's you know let's let the cloud get dark and get struck by lightning for a second let's talk about the biopics that we think studios destroyed or i think studios destroyed for the most part i can't speak for everybody but i know the biopics that aren't as great and just some of them downright trash, in my opinion. First one that always comes to mind is All Eyes on Me. I was so fucking disappointed with that movie. If I'm not mistaken, Benny Boom, the music video director, uh, helmed that project. Not a good movie, man. And I, I like the guy that played Tupac. I liked, um, you know, Denai Guerrera. Guerrera. I always say her last name wrong. Y'all know I suck at these fucking last names. Liked her as a Feeney Shakur. Um, and I like that. I love the actress they got to play Jada Pinkett. Those three in particular did nothing wrong. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. I just think the movie was just very generic. It was mediocre. It was nothing in that movie that we didn't that we didn't really already know about Tupac. I feel like, you know, it's like one of it's like my cousin said, man. And shout out to my cousin Diamond. She said that it, when we saw that movie, or when she saw that movie, she said it was like somebody just picked up a bunch of Source mags and Double XL magazines and just threw shit together in a movie like just the most generic basic uh, mainstream things you could possibly think of as far as a tupac biopic goes i think notorious was garbage i don't like that movie do i dislike that movie more than all eyes on me absolutely not because i'm a Pac over biggie type of dude myself but notorious was generic but again it was one of those things where i did like jamal woodard as biggie i did like uh angela bassett as you know uh, miss wallace i did like notori Naughton as lil kim and I love the actress that played Faith Evans. They did nothing wrong. They just didn't have shit to work with. Plus, I think Anthony Mackie was one of the worst casting choices ever for Tupac Shakur. That was just fucking... We're not even going to talk about that. Uh, I think the uh, the Aaliyah, the Princess of R&B biopic that they had on Lifetime was just fucking atrocious. The casting was terrible. And I actually like Alexandra Ship. I like her a lot, man. Um, I think she, she had a lot more to do as Storm than Holly Berry did in the X-Men movies, but... I like her as an actress, but the rest of the cast and that casting director was probably blind or just dumb. Like, I'm I'm convinced and I'm not trying to talk bad about anybody, but it's like you're making a fucking like Aaliyah's not here to defend herself. She would not approve of this piece of shit biopic that y'all came up with. Now, with that being said, there's, you know, we talk about the good, we talk about the bad. There's always certain biopics that I thought would always be super hard to make. 
You know, they would be the, the hardest type of artists to capture on screen and to make people feel like, wow, this is this is cinematic magic that we're making that's telling the stories of, of, of this artist's journey, just them as a person, you know, them as just, a, you know, a, a, a musical genius, whoever it may be. And some of the biopics I always thought would be the hardest to make were a biopic about Tupac Shakur, a proper biopic about Tupac Shakur, a biopic about Jay-Z. That's one that I, I don't know how they would pull that off because the dude is just, we're not even going to talk about Jay-Z right now, man. That dude's top five dead or alive. Prince. Prince is, I don't think they should ever make a biopic about Prince because I feel like nothing would ever be good enough for him even if he was alive. Like you can get a doppelganger for Prince and he'd probably just be like, yeah, well, he doesn't walk like me. So I don't want to, you know, I'll, if y'all make this movie, I'll sue y'all. Prince is one. And last but not least, man, I, one of the biopics I always thought would be one of the hardest things to tackle in Hollywood in general is a biopic about Michael Jackson. Um, and I, I say that to say this, people, like, I, I gotta talk about how, like, Michael Jackson was such a big portion of my, like, my life up until the time he passed away. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Michael Jackson passed away in, uh, was it 2009? And I'll never forget this shit, man. I was in, uh, I was at my friend's crib and we were, I think we were playing Halo. We were playing, like, Halo 2 or some shit and his mom comes down the steps and she's like, oh my god! Michael Jackson just died and time stopped. When I tell y'all time fucking stopped, um, I'm not even playing with y'all, man. Like that that's how crazy it was for me. I felt the same way about Michael Jackson passing away, how I felt about when George A. Romero passed away, or how when DMX passed away. Like when I said I shed tears, like I had to I had to stop whatever I was doing. I think I did finish up the game of Halo too. But um finished up the game, I went home. And spun my vinyl of Off the Wall and sat in my room just listening to that vinyl, crying because I'm like, this, I'm like, Michael Jackson can't die. Like, that's not, you know, we look at these celebrities, you know, whether they're, whether they're pop stars, whether they're rappers, whether they're athletes, whatever the case may be, actors, entertainers of all kinds. We kind of look at these people like they're just that that larger than life or that much larger than life that nothing could ever happen to them. You know, it's like when Kobe passed away. That's another one that had me just shattered, just crying in shambles. Um, you know, so when Michael Jackson passed away, it was just it was so surreal. I don't think it hit me until they aired the funeral and I stayed home that day to watch the entire funeral. And I think they I, I remembered them. I think they held this funeral at the Staples Center, if I'm not mistaken. And um, it, it was just heavy, man. It was heavy for me because Michael Jackson literally is one of the biggest icons of, of, of all time. You know, Michael Jackson was the king. He literally was the king of pop. Michael Jackson was otherworldly. Michael Jackson was inspirational. Michael Jackson was a trendsetter. Michael Jackson was a showstopper and so on and so forth, etc., etc., etc. You know what I mean? Like this guy was just, he had such an impact on the world. Like not, I'm not talking about just black people and white people i'm talking hispanics and asians and ethiopian people like everybody the world this is a guy who used to perform in front of the world and people they would have paramedics on standby because motherfuckers would pass out and faint over this dude and i'm like, like listen i should be so lucky to have people even tune into my podcast but to have motherfuckers faint at your mere presence and just anticipation, like, as far as, like, you just even jumping on stage, not even saying a word yet, and it, it just, oh, my God, man, the dude was just 
larger than life, man. You know what I'm saying? Like off the wall, thriller, bad, dangerous, invincible, escape. I haven't listened to the escape album yet. I don't want to listen to it and be disappointed. I don't want it to be like pieced together and, you know, kind of like and I, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but that's kind of how the last DMX album was for me. You know, the posthumous albums are always risky business, man, because, um, you know, you don't want you don't want it to sound like they just copy and pasted shit together. You know, a lot of those songs on DMX's posthumous album, uh, they sound like his his vocals don't sync up to the beat. Like the beat was already there, but they took his vocals from somewhere and just put it on somewhere else. It just sounds weird. So that's why I've been so hesitant uh, all these years to listen to Michael Jackson's last album, Escape. Um, but you look, Moonwalker. Moonwalker was, oh my God, man. I, I used to, I know that movie by heart, people. I'm telling y'all, I'm going to do a commentary one of these days sooner than later. Nah, I won't say sooner or later because I actually have a calendar where I want to map out the episodes I want to do. But maybe I'll squeeze in some commentary for um, Moonwalker at some point. But goddamn, like, even my daughter loves that movie, and we know the movie damn near part for part, line for line, song for song. It's amazing. Moonwalker was just amazing. Thriller, you know, if I could talk about that for one quick second, is the best video of all time for me. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. These are my thoughts and my opinions, people. I know a lot of people will tend to disagree with me, but y'all know I'm a zombie buff. You know what I mean? Night Living Dead is my favorite movie of all time. Thriller, when you give me my, you know, the, the, the king of pop, and give me a Night of Living Dead-ish video, setting, surrounding, atmosphere, and the zombies dance with the King of Pop, and then attack the girl again afterward? Like, come on, man. Best video of all time, Thriller. Like, god damn, man. Michael Jackson was also the first and probably maybe one of the only people to depict Egyptians properly. Rest in peace, shout out to uh, John Singleton for directing a Remember the Time video. That is the most accurate depiction I think I've seen on screen for Egypt and Egyptians, man. The casting was fucking amazing. They even had Debo, rest in peace, Tiny, uh, rest in peace, shout out to Tiny Zeus. Uh, you know, Iman and fucking Eddie Murphy and Magic Johnson, like God Man, I could go on and on and on and on, people. And this Michael Jackson was also one of the people that he was one of the first, if I'm not mistaken, people to turn videos into short films. Martin Scorsese directed the video bad. You know, Wesley Snipes is in there at some point, And it's a fucking movie before it even becomes a video. Like you can follow Michael Jackson through this through this short film and then when the music pops up, it's like, oh shit, like we were in a music video? I forgot. Like, because it's just that's what he does, man. He turns he turns his videos into short films, man. So safe to say, people, you know, I think I'm tired. I'm I'm done fanboying right now, but safe to say that this news of a Michael Jackson biopic coming out or just being in development is 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 kind of got me on the fence, man. Not even kind of, but it does have me on the fence. Absolutely, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I'm not gonna bullshit y'all right now. It has me on the fence, like. A lot of other biopics do not or have not. And um, I like my reaction to it, I'm just like, we've done this shit before. We've tried it and we failed. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that I, I, I want to be optimistic, but I'm like, yo, how many times can you remake a remake? You know what I'm saying? Like when you remake a remake and I'm, I'm not talking about this, I'm not saying that this is a remake of a remake, but I'm just saying in general, y'all know sometimes I mention how. When you do a remake of a remake, that's a big fuck you to the first go round. You know, excuse me, the, the the classic is what it is. All right. But when you do a remake, whether it's good or whether it's not, 
if somebody comes out and does another, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a direct sequel. We've seen that. So it's a direct sequel. Um, after we had a direct sequel prior to that in what, 2013? Day of the Dead has a remake of the remake. You know, after the remake came out. So it's like a big fuck you. We know you didn't get it right this time. So we're going to get it right. We're going to get it right this time. And I, I, I just, I don't know if this can work. I mean, it can. There's a chance. But I, I feel like the odds are more so against it for me, if that makes any sense. Now, really quickly, man, I want to read this article. I'm, I'm not going to take up too much of y'all time. I'm going to read the article they dropped today. And the headline says, Michael Jackson biopic from Bohemian Rhapsody producer lands at Lionsgate. Now, mind you guys, before I jump into this, I have not seen Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, I, I heard it was really decent. Now, if, if it's one thing I'm going to watch it for is to watch them, you know, construct the song Bohemian Rhapsody. That is going to be the moment that I watch it for and to see them perform that, to see them sing that. But, um, yeah, man, this article says Lionsgate will team with Bohemian Rhapsody producer Graham King and his GK films on Michael, the Michael Jackson biopic the studio announced on Monday. Oh, and this says Lionsgate picked up the worldwide rights to the film, also produced by the co-executors of the Michael Jackson estate, John Branca and John McClain. Wait, John. OK, so this is a diehard spinoff, apparently which will allow the project access to Jackson's music. John Logan will write the screenplay for Michael after he and King previously collaborated on Martin Scorsese's The Aviator. Logan also wrote Ridley Scott's Best Picture winner, Gladiator. Okay, uh, I guess. Uh, then it says, King's biopic in collaboration with Jackson's estate and Logan was first unveiled in 2019, but had yet to attach a studio until the arrival of Lionsgate. Michael promises an in-depth portrayal. Oh, wait, let me quote in-depth portrayal of the complicated man who became the king of pop. It will bring to life Jackson's most iconic performances as it gives an informed insight into the entertainer's artistic process and personal life. All right. Um, look, hold on. let me go back to this really quickly, man, because I know it's a lot of things in there that's going to trigger people to think that this is, you know, certified gold already. Um, you hear names like Martin Scorsese, you know, people are automatic. There's a certain group of people out there, a huge group of people out there, actually, that automatically go nuts. They think everything Scorsese puts out is amazing. I disagree. Uh, I think the majority of the shit he puts out is amazing, but all of it, no, absolutely not. Now, again, they'll, they'll be triggered by The Aviator. I think that was a Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Um, Gladiator, they'll be triggered by that. Uh, I, you know, Gladiator, I, I, I it's okay. Like, I've seen better, you know, period piece films like that, but Gladiator's okay. I, I think it's just because I'm not the biggest Russell Crowe fan. But, um, you know, you hear names, you you hear stuff like Scorsese, The Aviator, Gladiator. People are automatically going to think, oh, my God, this might be an Oscar winner. This might be the one where we really get it right. I'm here to tell y'all, man, I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. Like, uh, you know, my heart is like race in a really strange way right now just talking about it man because i feel like this is something that if you fuck this up you know with with a huge with huge names and a, a big studio behind it it's going to be more of an embarrassment than than any other biopic we've seen that they tried to you know capture michael jackson in and you got it you know i say that to say this let me ask the question how many times have we tried this man 
You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we've we've done this shit before. We've done this with the Jacksons. The American Dream came out in 1992. Now, uh, shout out to Steve Carson and the Cinemaniacs. He he asked me if I had uh, if I had ever seen it. And I said, I, I've, I've seen it years ago. And I said, I remember it being really pretty decent for the most part. I remember Terrence Howard was in there. Jason Weaver was in there. I, I can't remember that actor's name. I want to say Richard Lawson, but I don't think that was the guy that played Joe Jackson. I don't think that was him at all. So definitely don't quote me on that. But um, I remember that being a decent TV series. It wasn't a movie. It was a TV series. And I feel as though that was that was appropriate to tell the story of the Jackson 5 because you have a bunch of episodes to stretch things out and, you know, develop these characters and get us to like everybody and, you know, develop the performances and all and the st- everything. You can develop everything in there with the over the course of a series. I think that was a really decent move for them to do that in 1992. Um, I just really don't remember too much of it. Maybe I'll have to go back and revisit it since I'm, you know, having this conversation with y'all right now. Um, Man in the Mirror in 2004. I'm pretty sure we all remember that fucking masterpiece right there. And I was telling somebody on Instagram, uh, Flex Alexander, if nobody knows, Flex Alexander from One on One and The Hills Have Eyes. And he was in Juice in a cameo. And, he, you know, he was like, fuck you when he was talking to Queen Latifah. Flex Alexander is a great actor, man. I think he, he is not an A-list actor for me per se, but I do think Flex Alexander is a decent actor. He's a, a decent comedic actor as well. But I, you know, I told somebody, I don't know if Flex owed uh, some mobsters some money or if he had to, you know, pay a light bill or some shit. Because all the fuck they did in this biopic, The Man in the Mirror, was they, they did the Mike Epps baby powder, baby powder shit from How High. He said, come on with it. They put some uh, they put some baby powder or some flour in their hand and slapped the shit out of Flex Alexander, tossed a wig on this motherfucker, and was like, action. They yelled, action. That was one of the most disrespectful depictions I have ever seen uh, of Michael Jackson. And I swear to God, man, there's got to be some story behind why flex did that movie i don't think he necessarily did that movie because he wanted to and i don't know man he could give an interview or i could look up an interview and he talks about it right now and if he says he wanted to be there and he thought it was gonna be good i i, I wouldn't believe him i'm sorry i wouldn't believe him man I'm, I'm stuck in my ways and i don't care i don't give a damn i don't believe that he thought that that bullshit was gonna be something serious then in 2017 or so we had uh searching for neverland now, if I'm not mistaken, there was a Caucasian actor. I don't know if he was French or what the case may have been. There was a Caucasian actor, if I remember correctly, who was playing Michael Jackson. And I think they put some prosthetics on him and stuff like that. But I got to say something here that might piss a lot of people off. Yes, we know Michael Jackson was African-American. We understand that. But there's no reason. And I'm saying this because I don't remember the, the Jackson's American Dream, but there's no reason that a Caucasian man was closer to Michael Jackson uh, than a black man. There, there's no reason that that happened on screen, but it did. And I remember watching that that uh, you know that Neverland biopic, and I was like, whether we hate it or not, that might be the closest we've gotten to Michael Jackson on screen as far as somebody trying to imitate him and take the job seriously. Um, it, it was a pretty interesting watch, but it's not something I would, you know, rush to go back and watch. Maybe now just to do research and, you know, gear up for this movie that they're about to do. Um, I, I don't know. But, you know, do I trust this biopic? No, no, I don't. Absolutely not, people. I, I, I don't. And I feel like this, you know, this is like I said, man, this is ballsy. This is the riskiest biopic I've ever heard of in my life. And because of the fact that for me, Michael Jackson's a, he's an alien. 
He's a fucking alien. He is an alien. And I'm not saying that to be smart because it's a Scary Movie 3 reference because he actually was an alien in Scary Movie 3. Um, there's, a, there's a moment where Charlie Sheen, you know, grabbed, you know, he, 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 he's holding Michael Jackson out the window and he's like, how do you like it? And of course, this is some, it's a shot at the, it's a, it's a diss, you know, that's what Scary Movie does. They parody shit. And that's what they were doing when Michael Jackson held blanket out the window or whatever it was. But, um, you know, it turns out he was one of the aliens from Signs or some shit. He just had Michael Jackson's skin on. But I say Michael Jackson's an alien because this guy, again, was otherworldly. He was larger than life. That's one of the main reasons I think it's the riskiest biopic to do. Another reason that this is risky is because, you know, whether pe people can do all the impressions that they want to. But to capture the persona of Michael Jackson on screen is really hard to do. I think it's really hard to do for people to really buy into it and get so absorbed into the movie that you forget that that's not Michael Jackson. That's when you know you have a good actor. That's when you know you have an even better movie surrounding that actor. And you have an actor that can carry the entire film is when you forget that that is not the person that they're depicting. You know, that actual person. When you forget that, oh my God, this is an actor just you know, just, uh, you know, doing some character acting and just diving himself into the role. That is when you know you have won. And another reason is because I feel like there's there's several different versions of Michael Michael Jackson physically, you know, there. And, and also there's there's so much shit. There's so much ground to cover. You know, it's risky because there's so much ground to cover on and off that stage and in and out that studio. I don't want to just see Michael, Michael, I almost said Michael Myers, uh, and people, if I have said Michael Myers prior to me saying it now, um, my apologies, I'm, I'm getting like my words mixed up here, but I don't want to just see Michael Jackson performing, you know, I don't want to see Michael Jackson just making videos, I don't want to see Michael Jackson just in the studio, I want exactly what they're pitching here, man, which is an in-depth look at this man's life, the man who would, the the complicated man, like they said, who would become the king of pop. If that's what y'all selling, then God damn it, that's what I expect. You know what I'm saying? I don't want the regular shit. Don't give me the regular shit that we've seen before that we all know. Of course, there's going to be some familiar stuff, but don't dwell, don't, you know, don't use that shit as so much of a crutch. Like, oh, they know what happened here, so we could just put this in the movie and, you know, they'll be cool with it. No, I'm not one of those viewers, man. Not with this. You know, this ain't one of those movies where I'm going to turn my brain off and just be like, oh, it's another Michael Jackson biopic. Absolutely not. Because if you're getting money behind it and you're getting cast and crew and studios behind it, then, yeah, y'all better come with some really some really amazing shit. And another reason I feel like this is risky as hell is because we've been let down too many times, man. And we know, you know, I feel like that now that we know that major people are behind this, the Bohemian Rhapsody people in particular, um, you know, people's expectations are going to be a lot higher now, you know, especially for the people that enjoyed Bohemian Rhapsody. Their expectations are going to be so, so much higher now with a Michael Jackson biopic. I think Michael Jackson was bigger than Queen. That's just my personal opinion. I know a lot of people would disagree. I don't care. But I, I Michael Jackson literally is one of the top three, like, most influential, iconic human beings of all time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, on the, as far as the music scene goes. Um, and it's just, it's just such a risk, man. But if I can be optimistic for a second and ask myself the question, can this work? I'll say possibly. Yeah, possibly this can work. But the only way this movie will work, one of the main reasons this movie or one of the main things that can work in this movie's favor again this is for me personally is if this movie feels like an event 
as opposed to an actual movie. I feel like people are going to have to cheer. People are going to have to laugh. People are going to have to cry. People are going to have to be charged the fuck up from start to finish throughout this entire movie. It shouldn't feel like a movie. It really should not feel like a movie. And, um, you know, I feel like one of, one of the biggest things it should do is uh, not only keep people going through those motions, not only keep people charged up, but to keep people informed. I feel like we should be able to learn new shit about Michael Jackson in this biopic. Shit that people are just like, oh my God, like the family let them tell those details without threatening to sue them? My goodness, I never knew Michael Jackson had a six-headed giraffe in his backyard and I never knew, like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like crazy shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Of course I'm jumping a gun with a fucking six-headed giraffe. I don't even know if that shit should even exist, but I'm pretty sure... Some laboratory out there will make a six-headed giraffe. You know, somebody out there will hear it, and I probably just spoke it into existence. And then they'll, you know, they'll say the six-headed giraffe is the cause of another version of, you know, uh, COVID or some shit out there. I don't know, but let's, you know, knock on wood that that shit doesn't ever happen. But um, one another thing I I, I want this movie to not be again. I said this early on. I don't want it to be as mediocre and just basic as All Eyes on Me, and. There's something that uh, I don't know how many people listen to The Breakfast Club, but Charlemagne the guy, um, he says something that I agreed one two hundred percent with as far as All Eyes on Me. He said he said that All Eyes on Me should have been the Malcolm X of hip hop biopics. And I could not agree more with that man, because Malcolm X is a movie that is so like near and dear to me and it's so heavy that i don't watch it often on purpose because i'm not always prepared to take myself through those emotions throughout you know i love spike lee love denzel washington angela bassett everybody that was involved in the making of that film but there's a reason why i purposely stay away from it now but i agree with what Charlemagne said and that's one of the reasons why all i one of the many reasons why all eyes on me failed is because it just felt mediocre you know and i do agree that it should because tupac was the hip-hop version of malcolm x like let's keep it a fucking bean right now he really was and that's exactly what it should have been so i don't want this movie to go in and just be basic and just be like okay jackson five joe jackson was abusive uh, verbally and mentally and physically and you know him and janet worked together and michael Brand off and did his own thing and he sang ben and then did this like i don't want it to just be a by the numbers abc one two three type of see uh no pun intended people i was not trying to make a joke just now but you know i just said that abc one two three see man see how connected i am to the king of pop man i'm trying to tell y'all i make it come full circle on the tutor reviews podcast people but you know they they have to get michael jackson right that's the first order of business. And I, you know, I was telling, shout out Johnny Zuko and uh, Bumpin' the Night Podcast 1428. I was telling Johnny earlier on Instagram, you know, he was like, who would play Michael? And I'm like, bro, like, honestly, they're going to have to find a unicorn out here because, you know, it's not too hard to find a, a Tupac Shakur. I feel like casting somebody like Prince or casting somebody like Michael Jackson in this case is it, going to be like finding a unicorn. So when you find that person, not only do you have to have the look. But you have to have the acting chops as well. Now, I'm not sure what they what they're going for as far as, you know, if they're going to have, excuse me, different actors play Michael Jackson or what. But you have to get Michael right. And in my eyes, for me, I expect to see four different versions of Michael Jackson because that's what I've known all my life. I didn't grow up with the Jackson five, you know, when he was a kid and all that type of shit. 
There are four versions of Michael Jackson for me. There's the black version. I mean, look, and I'm people. I'm not even trying to be disrespectful or rude. I'm just speaking my fucking mind. Y'all know how I am. Um, I, I keep it a beam with y'all. I'm just raw, unedited, uncut. Y'all know how I. Y'all know I don't say shit. Basically, what I'm saying is y'all know I don't say shit to you know insult people and just be offensive and stuff like that. But I'm saying. And I know it's a lot of motherfuckers out there that feel exactly what I'm talking about. So don't y'all leave in front and get y'all panties in a bunch right now. There's four versions of Michael Jackson for me. There's the black version, which was the off the wall and the thriller version. There's the Hispanic version where Michael looked reeking when he when he came out with Bad, which is his best album for me. I know that people will debate me on that, but Bad is definitely his best album. Um, But that's when he was reeking. Michael Jackson looked like he was from North. You know, not North Philadelphia, but North with an F at the end of it. And all my Philly people know what I'm talking about. But in Bad, that's the second version of Michael Jackson that I knew. And the most badass version of him. Then there's Dangerous. And then uh, there's Dangerous version. Where Michael Jackson just completely went, you know, he went complete Caucasian, light-skinned. I want to say light-skinned, but no, nah, he's Caucasian. He still had his cookout, his, his invitation to the barbecue because he's black. But then I feel like there's the invincible Michael Jackson slash the last stretch of his career and his life. Um, and that's just when Michael, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on with his face. A lot of people made fun of him. It was it was so strange to me um, to this day that he, you know, in his last days or his la- the last stretch of his career and his life that he looked like that. But nonetheless, that was still the king of pop to me, man. I still had the utmost respect for that guy um, just as a person, as an artist, as an icon. Um, but... You know, they're four different versions, so I don't know how crazy they're going to get with prosthetic makeup. I don't know if they're how many different actors they're going to get. Of course, you have to have an actor to play him when he's a kid, maybe play him when he's a teenager, and then maybe play him when he is just full-blown Villalago. I, I'm not sure where they're going, but I, that's what I want to see. Give me all the versions of the King of Pop that I know, that I grew up with. That's what I need. Um... And to close it out, people, because like I said, you know, we're only a half hour into this and I don't want to talk y'all heads off any more than I have. But to close it out, man, I, I'm 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 really nervous about this, man. And I don't I don't get like this about a lot of movies. But, um, you know, most of the time I'll just be like, oh, well, it's going to be fucking trash and this, that and the other. I won't normally do an episode about it if I think it's going to be trash or anything along the lines of that. But obviously, y'all see how. You know how passionate I am about this about this this uh, this individual, man, and how much of an impact he made on my life and people I know and on the world. Like even my daughter, my daughter loves his music, man. You know what I'm saying? Like and I, I, I'm just very nervous about this. I'm very nervous. There's so many red flags to go on. But I, I don't know. I, I guess we'll have to wait and see. You know, they haven't even gone into production yet. So I'm pretty sure the hunt is on to find you know, the, the, the person that's going to play Michael Jackson or the people that are going to play Michael Jackson as the, as the, the years go on. Another thing that concerns me is the runtime. What is going to be the runtime for this movie? Because had this, if this is to be like a three hour, four hour film, sign me the fuck up, man. Sign me up. Give me part one. Give me two out, two and a half hours. That's part one. Then give me two and a half hours. That's part two and cap it off like that. Make this shit an event. Leave people thirsty enough to want to be like, yo, I can't wait to see the next portion of this movie, man, when they cover this and when they cover that and when they talk about this and when they talk about that. But while people are expecting the familiar shit to be involved, hit us with some curveballs every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? Like, throw, throw some curveballs into the mix and, you know, tell us 
show us things that we haven't seen before. Tell us things that we haven't been told before about this guy, man. You've got the family's permission. You've got access to all of his music. You know, the estate. So obviously, obviously they, they, it's either one or two things. The Jackson family either trusts these people, this studio, uh, so much that they just give them access to everything and they're like, okay, we're giving you the keys to this car. Don't, don't bang the fuck out, bring it back in mint condition and we'll be all right. Either that or, and I'm not being disrespectful here, but we know this happens sometimes or the estate just wants some fucking money. Cause it happens. People, the estate is like, oh yeah, you can, you can go and make a fucking Aaliyah movie, whatever we need. You know, we need to pay our mortgage this year. Like that happens. It's not unlikely where families get fucking money hungry. You know what I'm saying? Because like, all right, let's just say, for example, let's say it was certain people left in Michael Jackson's will. His kids, of course, rightfully so. Right. But let's just say there are relatives, siblings, aunts, uncles, whoever that are a part of that estate who are unhappy that they didn't receive a piece of the pie. So what if this is their chance, you know, given their blessing to make this movie? What, who's to say that this is not their chance to cash in on this man where they couldn't when he was alive you know what i'm saying it's it's a lot of factors involved people i'm not trying to go down in the rabbit hole and start you know making assumptions i'm not saying that's what they're doing i'm just saying it's a toss-up and i'm saying it's not uncommon at all i'm hoping that's not the case man i'm i'm gonna stay prayed up about it but i'm still so very fucking nervous obviously i'm nervous i had to go to a whole therapy session in the form of this podcast episode and just get the you know get my thoughts and my concerns and shit out to y'all so um, hopefully it wasn't too overbearing, too overwhelming or anything like that, man. I just had it to, you know, had it, had, had it to, am I, am I talking right now? English? Maybe. I don't think so. I think that was a whole different language. Whatever people, we need to wrap this up, man. Cause, um, I actually do want to do commentary for the fall. I'm not sure I'm going to get that done tonight. I'm going to be completely honest with y'all. I might get it done tomorrow. I wanted to get it done tonight because it is the anniversary of the fog's release. I think it like it's us theatrical release. Cause I went and looked it up online and it was like October 1st or, uh, was it October? God damn it. Whatever it was, it was the wrong date when I looked it up. So then I went on IMDb and IMDb gives you like the overseas release date, the limited release date, the US release date. So I, I was like, okay, well, may I'll just do the fog. But I think I'm gonna stick to my, you know, Black Cinema, Black History Month and Valentine's Day oriented commentaries because uh it's it's not, you know, it's not too it's not too bad of a thing to do. It's looking pretty good. I'd actually started utilizing um a calendar people started utilizing an actual calendar to mark down which episodes i'm going to do when we'll see how that goes because you know maybe it'll make me be a little more punctual with these episodes i won't be so scattered and all over the place i can get a you know i can get a proper schedule going on up in this bitch and um not only that but march people um i'm actually looking forward to march because that's one of the things i did in the calendar i want to plan ahead with this show from here on out and uh, I want to get a little bit more arg- organized with the content. So March, I made it my business to do all the vintage horror movies. Like March, I'm going to, you know, at the start of March, I'm going to be doing uh, the Universal Movie Monsters, Nosferatu, Cape Fear, like the original Cape Fear, uh, the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Vertigo, Psycho, maybe I'll do The Birds. It's going to be a vintage month of March, people. And um, hopefully you guys are looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to it because uh, I think more than anything... I'm just going to enjoy cracking the fuck up at these movies, man, especially Nosferatu. I cannot wait to do commentary for that movie because it's a 1922 silent vampire film. And y'all know that I make my own fucking dialogue up, you know, during these commentaries up to begin with. But a movie that's a a complete silent film, that is going to be fucking hilarious, yo. I might have to really make that an intoxic commentary. I got my heart set on making that an intoxic commentary, but... 
Yeah, man, y'all already know where to go, people. And if y'all don't, y'all can follow the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public, Podbean, and Podcast Addict. Shout out to Anchor. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, Romero Tudor. Shout out to the Facebook movie group, The Cinemaniacs. And shout out to the Facebook movie group, The Horror Virus. And last but certainly not least, shout out to the Tudor reviewers, the listeners, the lovers, the supporters out there. I'm going to keep this one brief, people. I have to get back to my H2O because this, I don't know if it was because of how passionate I am. This video, this video, this uh, this audio has me a little parched right now. I don't know if y'all can hear it. Um, I don't know. It, it, it just it just has me parched. I don't know. Maybe that's because of, you know, how nervous I was to talk about it and, you know, to get my little, you know, my my bitching and moaning done. But yeah, definitely got to uh, lay my ass down for at least a couple minutes. I have to regroup and, you know, get this episode together and upload it out to you guys because I do want to drop this tonight. But uh, yeah, people, y'all already know the love and support that y'all show me. I show it back to y'all tenfold and then some. So with that being said, oh, my goodness. Wait, wait, hold the phone, people. Hold the phone. If I'm not mistaken, we are at 15.5. We have hit the halfway mark, people. So you already know we shooting for that 16K. I'm going to speak it into existence. What's today? Today is Monday. No, actually, today is uh, Tuesday. So uh, uh, we're knocking on wood. We'll speak it into existence. If not by next week, by next weekend, we will hit 16k people i'm putting it out there i'm putting it out there i don't even care people but y'all already know the love and support that y'all show me i show it back to y'all tenfold and then some so with that being said people yours truly romero tudor another episode of tudor reviews in the can i'll check y'all on the next one